Speaking of college makes me think about classes that I took, which makes me think about some classes I took in high school, and I remember very well my junior year of high school having to take a class called English Literature. And in that class, one of the sections that we had to uh, discuss and, and, and learn about was during the time when Shakespeare was writing all his amazing works. And perhaps one of the greatest works that people know about Shakespeare that he has written is the um, story about Hamlet. And when I was in high school, we had to um, memorize um, the soliloquy that's in that part of the thing, uh, to be or not to be. And it's always amazing to me that the teacher so drilled it into my head that I can still remember most of what that soliloquy was. To be or not to be, that is the question, whether it is nobler in mind to suffer the slings and errors of outrageous fortune and go against the sea of inconveniences. To be or not to be, to sleep or to die, tis a consummation devoutly to be wish, to sleep, to die, no more. The whole point, as it says on the screen here, is that there was a dilemma with Hamlet. And as he's holding up that skull and he's thinking about the fact that, that people die as they get older and as life causes them to die, he's trying to decide in his life whether I should go ahead and just die now and get it over with. He was dealing with all the slings and errors of outrageous fortune. and Therefore, he couldn't decide to be or not to be. But that particular idea was going on in people's minds before Hamlet, and they continue now even into our day and age. Many years ago, there was a musical by the name of Showboat, and there is a song sang, sung in that particular uh, uh, musical uh, called Old Man River. And in that song, the man is singing, and he's talking about how that the river in front of him, the Mississippi River, was like the river of life passing him by. And he starts thinking about life, and he goes on and he says, I'm so tired, so tired of living, but I'm so scared of dying. My generation, when I was a young man, there was a group called Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And they had a song about dying where they famously said, I swear there is no heaven, and I pray there is no hell. All these songs reflect the idea that as people go through life, they, they really don't understand what life is all about. And so they can't decide if this life is worth living or not. In fact, it's amazing that you know that 25,000 people commit suicide every year? That's mind-staggering. 25,000 people that look at life and they say, well, this life is just not worth living. I'd rather just go ahead and die. But even those who haven't commit suicide, there are those who have contemplated it, have thought about it, because they look at their life and, and they just don't have anything to live for. Their life has no substance. 
They eat, they breathe, they, they walk on the face of the earth, but as far as their life is concerned, they just really don't have any purpose in life. They don't know the reason for their existence. It's like a little first grade boy was told by his teacher to bring his birth certificate to school so they could put it, make a copy of it and put it in their records. Well, lo and behold, he forgot to bring it. And um, he told his teacher, he says, I'm sorry, I forgot my reason for being born. But we do the same thing sometimes. We forget our reason for being born. We have no purpose in life, no goal in life. And so uh, we start looking at life in the same way that Hamlet did. Uh, to be or not to be? That is the question. But there was someone who understood what it meant to live. Someone who even understood what it meant to die. The Apostle Paul in the text that was read for us a few moments ago by Austin and Philip. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, he solved, solved the problem to all this. He was the correct way when it came to what Hamlet was saying, when it came to being or not being. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, for I am a straight betwixt the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Now I want you to notice how similar this is to what Hamlet was doing. But look at the positive spin that, if you will, that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul has given us this morning. Hamlet looked at life and he says, to be or not to be. And his quandary was, what's the point? You got it bad here and you're going to have it bad there. So what's the point? Why don't I just, I've got to make up my mind to be or not to be. Which, which am I going to choose? Am I going to go ahead and keep living this miserable life I live in? Or am I going to go ahead and die and get it over with? To sleep. If I can maybe just sleep. But Paul looks at it a different way. He says, I'm a straight betwixt the two. To be or not to be. What? What? I can't make up my mind. Is it better for me to live or better for me to die? But he says, here's my problem. Here, here's what's making it so hard to decide. If I keep living, I've got Christ. And this life is the most wonderful life that it can be. And if I die, I get to die and go to heaven and be with Christ forever. And as we talked about in our class on Philippians... He is really struggling with this. He knew if he kept on living, he would have the greatest life ever. And he knew that there were people who needed him, and he would have more fruit of his labor, if you will. And so life had purpose, life had meaning. And, but he also knew that if he died, that where he was going was far more better. So in a sense, as you look at this text, Paul is saying to be or not to be, but not in a negative way. I just can't decide what is best for everybody involved. But this morning, I want us to zero in on that particular phrase. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I want us to kind of just cut it in half, if you will, and spend some time, as we have time this morning, on both of those ideas. Well, first of all, this morning, as we split this phrase in half, 
I want you to think about what Paul meant when he said to live is Christ. He said to live is Christ. When Paul said those words, he was making some statements about his entire life. Notice he's saying to live. This is my life. My life is Christ. Now, what did he mean by that? What was he trying to get us to understand? What was he saying? How does that apply to us? Well, first of all, he was telling us this morning that Jesus Christ is the source of life. Jesus Christ is where it all begins in this life. If you don't have Jesus Christ, then you surely this morning are not living. You may, as I already said, you may be eating food, you may be sleeping, you may be working a job. But if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're really not living because you do not have the source of life. We're going to look at a couple pages in the book of Philippians this morning because this is Paul talking about this in the book of Philippians. But I want you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. And I want you to notice what Paul says about Jesus Christ being the source of life. Philippians chapter 3, and I want you to look at verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 begins, it says, "...that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering, being made uh, conformable unto His death, that if by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead." Now Paul is saying in this particular verse that he wants to know Jesus Christ... And he wants to know the power of his resurrection. Think about that for a moment. The power of his resurrection. Why do you want to do that, Paul? Well, after discussing that he's in fellowship with his suffering, he says these words. He says, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain the resurrection of the dead. Paul is saying, I want to conform to his death so that I can... Enjoy the resurrection of the dead. Now, how does that tie tie into Jesus being the source of life? Well, this same Apostle Paul told us in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 that as many of us have been baptized baptized into Jesus Christ, have been baptized into His death. See, we're talking about being conformed or being like His death, being conformed to His death. And then the text goes on and says, being raised by the glory of His resurrection unto newness of life. In other words, Paul is saying that before he was baptized, he really didn't have a life. He needed to die first to his old self and then be raised by the glory of His resurrection, like His resurrection, and start a new life. Be a new man. So it's no wonder when he was talking with the preacher by the name of Ananias in Acts 22 and verse 16, about what he needed to do in order to be saved, Ananias told him, Why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. In other words, when a person responds to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they become a new man, a new creature. Jesus Christ gives them a life they didn't have before. It's a new and different kind of life. He becomes the source of their life. But not only that, He becomes their source after they die in the hereafter. 
Because Jesus Christ is the firstborn of the dead, because He rose again on the third day, defeating Satan and death forever, we too now have life that we didn't have before. And therefore, somebody can say to me, well, Jim, you're getting older, but I want you to know that life begins after 40. Or, Jim, you're getting older, and he says, I want you to know that life begins after 50. And we would have to respond to this person by saying, no, Jim, life begins after Calvary. Because that's when true life begins. And so the Apostle Paul understood, and when he said to be or not to be, or to live is Christ, he is saying, as I live this life, I want you to understand what the source of my life is. First of all, when I became a Christian, the blood of Jesus Christ saved me, it washed away my sins and gave me a whole new life I didn't have before. I was dead man walking, I was dead in my sins, I was as dead as dead can be. But it's almost like God took the blood of Jesus Christ and made them into some paddles and put them on my chest and shocked me into being a new man. Got that heart pumping with the blood of Jesus Christ, if you will. And so on the, as I go through this life, I have a true life for the very first time because I have the blood of Jesus Christ. But also, as I go through this life, I look forward to a better life. And so it's no wonder that Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, because I have the source of life, Jesus Christ. He gives me life here on this earth, and He washed away my sins, and He's given me a life in heaven. He's the source of all that. But notice also what Paul was talking about when he talks about the fact that Jesus Christ is the strength of life. Turn one page over, at least in my Bible, over to chapter 4. And you look at verse 13, Paul makes some very profound words there that shows how that Jesus was the strength of his life, and that's why to live is Christ. Very familiar verse, it simply says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Paul understood that no matter what life threw at him, no matter what his circumstances were, no matter what problem he may have, this life was a good life because he had Jesus Christ as his strength. He wanted to keep on living this life because he had the ultimate strength behind him. He says, I can do not just some things. He says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ which strengthened me. Now for us today, as we think about that, we need to think about the fact that regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what our problems may be, regardless of whatever our habits may be that we're trying to overcome, we need to appreciate and understand that we have the backing of Jesus Christ if we'll depend upon Him. The thing that gets people down in life, especially those who are not Christians, is that they have no strength to gather on. I mentioned high school a while back. When I was in high school, I had the opportunity to play uh, football. And one of the members on my team, a guy by the name of Steve Austin, he's not the famous Steve Austin, but that literally was his name. His name was Steve Austin. Um, got a brand new car. And as teenagers will sometimes, he was driving that car too fast and came around a turn and ran right underneath a motor grader. Took his head off. My dad 
I felt sorry for the family because he knew them through my, our association with the school there. My parents were very involved with the different parts of the school, decided he was going to go talk to this family because they didn't have religion. And so he goes and knocks on the door, and the, Steve's dad meets him at the door, and he has uh, a big drink in his hand, and he's just throwing back the drinks. And, and he looks at my dad, and he says, he says, I'm sorry, but this is all I've got. The point in that is, there's people who go through life because they don't have Jesus Christ. And we should understand that as Paul lived for Jesus and to live as Christ, we too are the same way because no matter what life throws at us, we understand that Jesus Christ is our strength. And if we just keep putting our faith and trust in Him, that we can be the strength that we need to have to keep going on until we make it to the true source of life, and that's the hereafter. But Paul also understood that Jesus Christ was the satisfaction of life. Your same opening. Notice what he says in verse 4 of chapter 4. And this is really the whole theme of the book of Philippians that I've been trying to impress upon us in our Bible class. Beautiful words, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. In other words, as we go through this life, Christians should be the happiest people in the world because Jesus Christ is the satisfaction of life. Paul put it this way, he says rejoice. And I say you need to rejoice some more. And then some of you may say, well Jim, you just don't understand. You don't don't know my situation. You You don't know how bad I have it. I'm not the one saying this. The Apostle Paul saying this. And he's saying it in the confines of being in a prison. He's saying it while being chained to a guard 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The Apostle Paul says, my situation may not be the best in the world, but that's not where I rejoice. I rejoice in the fact that I am living for Christ. He is my satisfaction of life. You see, Christianity is not just for the sweet by and by. It's for the nasty now and now. The Apostle Paul, as he looked at life and said, to be or not to be, I can be on this life because my greatest satisfaction is the fact that Jesus Christ is my Savior. If that's the only thing I have in this life, I can rejoice. As the text says, I can rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. But notice something else. Notice also that Paul says the reason why for him to live is Christ is because Christ is the standard of life. You turn back over to chapter 3. You go back up to the passage that we just looked at. Verses 10 and 11, he talked about how that Jesus Christ is the source of life. But that being the source of life, notice how that leads into what the standard of life now is. And I'm so thankful these words are in the text. And I can see how that Paul wanted to keep on living this life if he knew he had this particular thing as the standard of his life. But notice what it says beginning now at verse 12. After talking about he wanted to be conformed to his death and so that he may attain the resurrection of life. In other words, I became a Christian for this reason. But now as I live as a Christian, this is my standard of life. He says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. In other words, Paul is saying, 
I'm conformed to his death. I'm looking forward to the resurrection of the dead. But here's something I want to share with you this morning. I'm still not everything I need to be. God has set a standard for me, and I haven't reached that standard. I certainly haven't reached perfection, but notice what he says as he lives this life. But I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, or in other words, being everything that I need to be. But this one thing I do... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That was his standard in life. He knew that he could never ever be everything that he wanted to be. But he knew as he kept pressing on, as he never gave up, That his standard of life was always going to be trying to strive to go to heaven. He understood that even though he didn't always get everything exactly the way he wanted with his life, he knew what his goal was. He knew what his direction was. You see, with Jesus Christ as the source of life, it gives you a reason for living because now you have a standard of life. And as you go through this life and you realize that you're not always everything you need to be as the Apostle Paul did, he understood he hadn't reached perfection. But he forgot those things which were behind. And he looked forward to those things which are before and kept pressing toward that prize, the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see, that was his standard of life. Well, we're running out of time, so... What did Paul mean when he says, to die is gain? Well, we could spend a lot of time on this this morning. But I want you to think about just two passages. First one, I've got memorized because it's one of my favorite. Because I think all of us can identify with what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. When he said, for I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. But I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And because of that, God is going to give me a crown. And then he goes on and talks about how that God is going to give all those that are the same way that the Apostle Paul is. He understood that as he goes through this life living for Jesus Christ, that once he came to this life and the end of it, that he was going to get a crown. He just needed to finish the course. He needed to keep the faith. But another passage I want you to look at is a passage that's not so familiar with us, but when Paul was writing the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians, in, chapter, or in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, notice what he says here. And once again, there's a little bit of this reflection of to be or not to be involved here. Whether to live is Christ or to die is gain. Notice what he says beginning at verse 5. Or chapter 5 and verse 1, I'm sorry. Chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. You see what Paul is saying? As you live in this life, we, we groan to be a part of that which is in heaven. 
If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, for not for that which would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us with the same thing, self same, the same thing as God, who hath also given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For if we walk by faith and not by sight, we are confident, I say, and willing to rather, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Verse 9 says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. In other words, Paul is saying something in a more elaborate way than what he says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. He said there, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What he was saying there is he understood that as he lived this life on this earth that it was a good life, but he was at the same time earnestly groaning to be clothed with that body of immortality. Because as long as he was here on this earth, he was absent from the Lord. Well, to sum it up this morning, I want you to think about this. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Ask yourself this question this morning. What are you living for? What is the motivation in your life? What is the, what is the uh, thing that drives you, that makes you get out of bed in the morning? That gets you through the day? that allows you to sleep at night, what is the thing that, for which you are living? Well, let's put it this way. Let's just put this up here and let you fill in the blank this morning. Let's do the same thing the Apostle Paul did when he said, for me to live is, and let's just fill in the blank. What would be some things that perhaps we could put there? Well, we could put, for me to live is money. Maybe your life is just about money. Maybe it's about even, it's a good and honorable way of making money. You want to, to work your job hard. You want to have good things for your family. You want to make sure that your children have more advantages than you did. Money in and itself is, is not a bad thing. So you may even say this morning, for me to live is money. But you know what? When you die, you're not going to have any of that. It's going to be gone. And then for you, to die is loss. Or maybe somebody else would put up here, well, for me to live is family. We love our families. I love my family. Uh, I'm so proud of my two boys, my two daughters. So proud of my precious grandchildren. I enjoy being around them and I enjoy getting to spend time with them and getting those hugs and kisses from, from those grandkids is one of the most wonderful things in the world today that a person can experience in the world today. But one of these days, I'm going to have to kiss all of them by, goodbye for the final time. And if that's all I'm living for is my family, for me to live as family, then to die is not gain, it's just simply loss. Or maybe some are living for education. I want to be as smart as I can be. I want to do all the studying I can do. I want to become as most learned as I can be. 
Well, folks, I'd rather be in heaven saying my ABCs than be on this earth with a PhD because education won't do me anything in heaven if I don't know Jesus Christ. For me to live is education than to die is loss. There's a lot of other things we can put in there, but we don't have time to do that today. What we should be saying is if we put anything... For me to live and put anything other than Jesus Christ, then it's going to be a loss. What we need to do is to put it the same way the Apostle Paul. For me to live is Christ, and therefore to die is gain. So as we close this morning, you're going to have to answer that question. What are you really living for? Are you living for something other than Jesus Christ? Then no matter how you may enjoy that, no matter how good a purpose it may be, no matter how good and wholesome it may be, when the time comes for you to leave this life, then you have nothing. You have nothing but loss. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you need to understand that Jesus Christ is the source of life. He is the satisfaction of life. He's the strength of life. He's the standard of life. And if you'll let Him be, be the person that you live for, then you're going to gain something so wonderful on the other side of this. In fact, you may even be like the Apostle Paul. In fact, this is the way all of us should be. That if we live this life, this life is one of the best lives that it is. Not because we may have the good things that we enjoy, that's true, but because Jesus Christ is our life. And we think about the fact how we get to go to heaven one day, and maybe like Paul, we struggle with that. But that struggle is pointless if we don't have Jesus Christ. We go all the way back to Hamlet once again. Where he stands there with that skull in his hand. And he looks at death in the face. And he says, to be or not to be. That is the question. Should I just keep on living as so miserable? Or should I just go ahead and die? To die to sleep. To die to sleep. This morning, we hope that you are alive in Jesus Christ and look forward to an eternal home with Him. If there's a need you have this morning, won't you come as together we stand and sing?